Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The season began with a Mariners-Red Sox series, and as you may recall, it did not go well. In fact, starting with that Pacific Northwest butt-kicking, the Sox staggered out 3-9, and nine, while the Mariners were the talk of the majors. They were 12-2. and two. Well, it turns out April 12th is not when the season ends. Turns out by May 12th, uh, maybe things could turn around. Maybe Seattle could have gone 8-21 and 21 since that lightning beginning. Maybe the Red Sox in their last month could have gone something like, oh, shall we say 19-10. and 10. Order is now restored, and the Bruins look like a Stanley Cup team, too, not for nothing. Let's enjoy the moment. Let's do it now. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Lewis. Speaking of enjoying the moment, you would not believe where I'm recording this podcast right now. Sunday night, about as far away from Fenway as you can get and still be in North America. Uh, I went ahead and took the missus on vacation to the Canadian Rockies, and I should do it more often because it's apparently a, a bit of a good luck charm. A recap of the Red Sox dominating weekend against Seattle momentarily, I promise. But here's how cool podcasting is and how cool modern times in general are. Uh, I listened to the Sunday game while hiking in Banff. Then while I waited for Mrs. Josh to get ready to drive to Lake Louise with me, I, I watched a little bit of the Sunday game against the backdrop of Alpine Wonder. And now I'm recording this bad boy while staring at the majestic snow-capped mountaintops from out the window of a frou-frou off-the-hook hotel. I'm in one of those fluffy white robes. I've got a glass of Pinot next to the window, so as soon as I'm done, I can get Rocky Mountain hammered. does not take much in this altitude. Oh, and, and then I'm heading down for some bison burger and a cup of seafood chowder and probably a lot more wine. So forgive me for saying I think this is all going very well for all of us right now, uh, especially the Red Sox, which is why you tuned into this podcast, not to hear me do some free advertising for the Alberta Department of Tourism, so fine, let's talk about the Sox outscoring Seattle, 34-8 to in a three-game series, and looking nothing at all like those pale limitations of even a couple of weeks ago. This is now a five-game winning streak. It is 8 of 9, it's 11 of 13, a second straight three-game sweep at home. The final Sunday was 11 of 2 to make their record 11 and 2 in the last two weeks, and again, the Red Sox showing a knack for scoring runs with two outs, something that was such a, a hallmark of last year. Six two-out runs on Sunday, so that's 92-out runs batted in for the year, as best in the American League. Seattle did strike first off Hector Velasquez. They did that with one in the first inning, but J.D. Martinez tied it right away with a homer in the bottom of the first. Much more on J.D. and from J.D. in a bit. But then the Sox slowly began to pull away on a chilly 49-degree afternoon, and just saying, Banff, Alberta, Canada, 20 degrees warmer. Uh, as Michael Chavis continues to roll with the nickname Ice Horse, I was on the lookout 
for exactly that up here in the Rockies, not to mention a moose or an elk. Saw none of it, but uh, the Ice Horse did knock in five runs on three singles on Sunday. Red Sox offense now, seven or more runs scored. Uh, well, look, they, they did that in the game, just four of their first 24 games. So what is that? 17% of the time. Last three weeks, they've had seven plus in 10 of 17 games. It's 58% of the time. So let's backtrack for a moment. There was one of those games Friday and Saturday and Sunday. But Friday, just to fill you in, uh, giggity, it was a convincing win for Eduardo Rodriguez. 14-1 to Boston and quite a way to welcome the Fenway faithful back after what was a 5-2 and road trip. Eddie had a 12.380 RA two starts in. He's got a 2.78 after that over his last six, and the Sox have won each of Eddie's last six starts. That's the longest streak of team wins in any American League pitcher starts this season. How about that? Mitch Moreland in that game, two for three with a double and a home run, four runs batted in. That's a season high. Andrew Benintendi, three for five, three runs scored in a home run. Devers was three for five with a home run, and you have to remind yourself sometimes that Devers is 22. Seriously, guy was born October 24th, 1996. So the, the release of Nintendo 64, the invention of Travelocity, uh, Mad Cow Disease, the Macarena, uh, the movie Jerry Maguire, all those things, they happened before there was such a person as Raphael Devers. He remembers none of that. Saturday, Rick Porcello recovered from a four-run top of the first and brought it in for a career win number 138. And that's impressive. It ties him with Josh Beckett all-time and Flash Gordon, just to name a couple of former Red Sox. Scotty McGregor, former Oriole. Doc Ellis, former guy that pitched a no-hitter on LSD. Uh, Stellar relief that day from Walden and Workman. And not to be a snot about this, but remember how the Yankees were going to build their their whole thing around the high-priced bullpen? I'm looking at seventh inning on, and Red Sox pitchers from the seventh inning on have an ERA of three and three-quarters a 209 batting average against Yankees opponents are hitting nearly 30 points higher seventh inning on and the pitchers ERA is 4.65 the Mariners by the way walked 11 in that Saturday game it was just the fifth time in Red Sox history that every starter drew at least one walk first time in the majors at all since 2010 so nine to five the final Saturday after the 14 to one pantsing of the Mariners on Friday so we go back to Sunday and we note a couple things that, um, well, since April 19th, which is around the time Michael Chavis joined the party, it is a plus 69 run differential for Boston. That is the best in the major leagues after they were about the worst right up until then. We mentioned they're 8-1 in their last nine games now. They are 11-2 and in their last 13. I'm going to put that right in the middle. Let's go last 12 games. 24 home runs in the last 12 games. And what else can we tell you here? Last 28 games, the pitchers, 3.180 ERA. Starting pitchers, 3.18. And that is the best in the American League. Even better than Tampa Bay. Red Sox pitching staff overall, 2.74 in the last three weeks. That's the run of 13 and 4 that they're on right now. Uh, I mentioned the ice horse, Michael Chavis. Didn't have a home run or anything on Sunday, but five runs batted in. That's the season high. 23rd Red Sox rookie with a five or more RBI game. Benintendi, the last to do it, did that in 2017. One of three Red Sox ever with 19 runs batted in in their first 20 big league games. Ted Williams, Michael Chavis. George Boomer Scott, Michael Chavis. You guys are linked now. That's pretty good. And it was Chavis who actually gave the Red Sox the lead that they would not give up in this game. 
RBI single after the J.D. Martinez home run. I mentioned J.D. earlier. Three home runs now in his last five games. He would go on to, to hit two in the Sunday game. He had hit none in 15 games. Now he's got three in his last five. 13 runs batted in in 15 ball games. I dare say J.D. Martinez is back. And he caught up with the guys in the booth. It was the great Will Fleming and the moderately okay Rob Bradford that were in the booth on Sunday. And here's that conversation. 11-2, the Red Sox beat the Mariners to complete a three-game sweep. Will Fleming, Rob Bradford, post-game show is underway, and we are thrilled to be joined by J.D. Martinez, not least of which because, J.D., we understand it was cold, it was damp, and uh, you're probably ready to go take a hot shower after a great day at the plate. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> not a great not a great environment for baseball, that's for sure. Well, so, J.D., we were talking the other day, you are pitched a certain way. You usually don't get those pitches in those spots, and but obviously when you do, you take advantage of them. Talk us about the two home runs. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, first one was, uh, I believe it was like a cutter down and in, um, trying to go in, just kind of, you know, left a little bit too much on the plate. And the last one was kind of weird because I feel like he never throws change-ups, and he threw a change-up, kind of just reacted to it, saw it, and just went. It was just such a big day for the entire offense, J.D. It started with your big fly in the home run in the first inning to tie the game after kind of a wonky top of the first for Hector Velasquez. But, uh, you know, you're such a tinker. You're always so in tune with everything that's going on with your swing. And uh, the ball has started to fly out of the ballpark for you. Is there anything in particular that has led to, to the home runs of late? Um, you know, just, just grinding, just trying to, you know, get to certain positions that I've got to in the past. Um, I feel like... I've been kind of battling this all year, um, you know, getting my hands in a certain spot where they've always been, and they're kind of not going there right now. But I've been, you know, working, and that's all I can really do is do everything I possibly can to try to trick my body to put my hands where they used to be. Uh, so it's kind of really been what I've been working on. You did a great job of getting to some of those balls out there. How uneasy was it to play in that field? Because it wasn't only the grass, but then you go over there, and there's a lake over in the warning track as well. So it could have been fun. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's kind of scary um, just because you kind of saw it in that first inning with that fly ball and uh, what was the name, second baseman. Um, he ends up going off for the ball and you see him slip, you know, the moment he tries to brace. And, you know, anytime it's, it was wet like that, you're always worried about slipping. You know, you slip a little bit, all of a sudden you tweak a muscle and that's the last thing you want, really. We were actually kind of holding our breath, J.D. I was impressed that you cut that one off in the gap. It's a 9-2 game late on. In your mind, are you saying, okay, take it a little bit easy trying to cut? You did cut it off, but you're saying that in that moment you are trying to be a little extra careful? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you're really not trying to push off too hard. Just kind of try to get to what you can and minimize damage. Don't try to be a hero, really. Last question for me, J.D., is that can you compare the team mindset, particularly the offense, offense's mindset compared to say a month ago or where you guys are at um i think guys are a little bit more uh kind of in tuned with certain cues and thoughts where they know where they have to be personally i think at the beginning of the year everyone's kind of just trying to find you know their swing their timing it's 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 weird i don't know man hitting's kind of a weird thing because every year you have to find a different feel it seems like you know you get caught up in a year ago or last year two years ago well this is what i thought that year why isn't it working now? You know, now it's kind of worrying about, okay, well, what's going to work this year? What thought process I got to think about this year to hit that pitch? And I think, you know, guys are a little bit more in tune now. Well, that's such good stuff, J.D. Last thing from me, too. We'll let you go. Get warm. But uh, one thing that has impressed me 
throughout your time with the Red Sox, and, and we say it over and over again, is you never give away at bats. It happened as the team was way behind on some of those games on the West Coast. It's happened throughout this homestand. I mean, the, the home run late is a, a clear example of that. But uh, is that a point of pride for you that no matter the score, no matter the time, you are up there to work in that batter's box? Yeah, I mean, I talk about it all the time. Um, you know, a lot of the times, let's say, I don't know, I, I kind of give examples of it. Let's say you play 162 games. Let's say 100 of them, you know, they come down towards the end where you kind of see the game's already out of reach one way or the other. I feel like the other 62, it's like a close game, so you're really going to be into those at-bats. Well, I mean, if you do that, that's 100 at-bats. Mm. That's almost a month worth of at-bats that you're kind of just not not as focused as you might be in those 62, and I think that really changes the season. That really, you know, I mean, that's the difference to me in having a good year and a great year. Appreciate J.D. Martinez stopping by for sure. Uh, other guys to mention, Rafael Devers, can't say enough about this guy. Three for five again. So there, there have been two Red Sox since 1908 with three or more hits in three straight games, all at the age of 22 or younger. And they're actually both on the team now. They're both on the left side of the infield. Xander Bogart's the only other guy to do that back in 2014. Five-game hitting streak, well, it, I mean, that could be five for 22. If you had a five-game hitting streak, this is 12 for 22. He's hitting 545 the last five games. He's got 18 runs batted in his last 16 games. And some more love for Christian Vasquez. This is almost turning into a Christian Vasquez-themed podcast every time. But another caught stealing. He threw out the, the wonderfully named Shed Long in the third inning. He's thrown out five of seven attempted base stealers now. Uh, Vasquez at the plate, not a home run, but a double and a walk. And he's hitting 400 here in May. He's 11 out of 25. So for a guy that had the second worst stats of any qualifying player last year in all of baseball, Vasquez, and we should mention Leon too. I mean, the other part of that catching tandem, and as much as we all cried and cried when, when Blake Swihart left, uh, Sandy Leon, after failing to get a bunt down on the Saturday game, actually hit a three-run home run. So even when it's not going well for the catchers, it's going well for the catchers. Going well for everybody, something that Alex Cora wanted to talk about after the game. Here's a nice, long five-minute dissertation that Alex Cora gave the media after the Sunday ball game. Just playing better, but, but I'm, we're pitching better. <clears throat> it, it starts with that. It seems like early in the season, we were down 4 nothing, 5 nothing, right away. Um, we, really, we, we really didn't play good defense either. Um, so just a combination and we, we knew it was just a matter of time. Obviously there were some guys that were scuffling, you know, uh, Mookie, um, the bottom of the lineup, but now, um, we're controlling the strike zone. Um, early in, early in the season, I, th- I think we were expanding in the zone. Um, you know, we do a pretty good job of hitting fastball and, and taking breaking balls off the plate. And um, I didn't even know. Yesterday we walked so many times. I just realized it this morning. And today Xander, you know, he walks four times. And that's the key. You know, we're controlling the zone. So we're, we're getting there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the beauty of making contact. You know, he put the ball in play with two strikes a few times, and, and that's what happens. You know, if you swing and miss, you don't have a chance to, for that to happen. As far as the defense, he made a, sorry, uh, he made a nice play in the first with the minor, uh, the jump 
He's been good. I mean, we asked him to make the routine play, and, and he's been making those. So, you know, to the last one, you know, he has to come in. And he, he's feeling better and better at second base. We put him in spots that we feel the ball is going to be hit, and he's making the play. Hector was good. Um, you know, the first inning, the walk, and you know, but he he gave us five, and and you know, there were some good swings, and but there were some also bad swings, and, and the split was good, fastball location for a guy that hasn't go far enough. You know, um, he did he did a good job putting us in, in, a, in a good spot to go to Waldy right after that, and obviously you know we score a lot of runs, and but we were in a good spot, you know, with him going five. I think the at-bats are a lot better. The at-bats, you know, we're controlling the strike zone. We are. And uh, we, we're staying in the middle of the field. We're not rolling over too much uh, lately. Um, a lot of hits to, you know, from the right is to right center uh, and uh, up the middle. And that's very important, I think. You know, early in the season, there were a lot of rollovers, a lot of ground balls to to the pull side from both um, righties and lefties. And now we're staying through it. You know, it's just a lot of quality of bats from top to bottom. Any on, David? on who? <clears throat> um, he he has one more bullpen, and then we'll decide. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. It might be over the weekend. It might be uh, after the weekend. So. No, the ground crew did an outstanding job. You gotta, you gotta give credit to David and the crew. That was amazing what they did for us to play nine innings. There, um, you know, it looked hard to do, but they, they were, they were great. They, they did an outstanding job. Um, I think uh, Altavilla, he slipped one of the pitches to Mookie. The, the one he slipped on that one, but besides that, I mean the. the the playing field was, was great. I mean, with the conditions. Alex, the first three weeks, you were, you were to say after every loss, everything's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a point where um, you wondered about that? Oh, me? No, no, not at all. Not at all. No, I mean, you got to be disciplined. You know, like I've been saying all along, last year we didn't get caught up on on the record we had, and this year we didn't get caught up on, on the start. It was just a start. You know, and we still have work to do. That's that's a good thing about it. You know, like we get into this point, but we know we can get better. So we will keep working just the same way we did in the first few weeks of the season, and 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 try to become the team that we know we can be. Is that because of the, you trust the players that you have in the roster? I mean, we we have a good team. We have a really good team. Um, there's talent there. Um, you know, we knew pitching wise we were gonna get to 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 this point. Um, it was just a bad stretch, you know, and, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we can be better. It's just a matter of keep working, keep working. There's some guys that they're swinging the bat well. There's others that we, we need to keep pushing to get to to, to who they are. So that's that's the next step. I feel like uh, J.D., obviously, he's where he needs to be right now. To win the I mean, it's, it's always good when he hits the ball in the air. You know, he feels a lot better. You know, uh, he takes the three for fours and and the four for fives, four singles. But you know, I know he he rather have those games like that when he hits the ball in the air and, and they go to the ballpark. He's been working hard at it the last few days, uh, and then today, you know, um, he put two good swings. He was patient in one of the bats. He took his walks. So, um, well, let's let's see where he takes us. 
All right, that's the skipper. Appreciate that very much. Now it is a day off before the Colorado Rockies come in for a brief two-game series. Yes, I'm talking Colorado Rockies from the Canadian Rockies, and that Pinot's not getting any colder, so uh, I will wrap it up with this. A, it's a flashback to the 07 World Series, of course, and it's funny because that year it was all about a quick start and not a slow start. The Sox were 36-16 and 16 at the end of May that year. There were 10 games in the first place, 13 and a half ahead of the Yankees. And of course, by the end of it all, they had the best record in baseball. They won their second World Series in four years, yada, yada. Uh, in fact, they dismantled Colorado in that World Series. It was a four-game sweep. And that was a Colorado team that had won 21 of 22 games heading in. Game one, you might remember, Boston 13 and the Rockies won. So a few days later, they had their sweep. One of the least compelling World Series ever, quite honestly. And the Sox started two rookies at the top of the order. That was when Ellsbury and Pedroia were rookies. And all they did was reach base 16 times in the four games played. Red Sox outscored their playoff competition in 07, 99-46. So that's A. But you know what? I'm more in on B. The 2019 Red Sox, as of this moment, are in the playoffs. I know. Weird, right? And it's 20 weeks still to go. But it's true. They've gone from national embarrassment to possessor of the final wildcard spot, and it really didn't take too long. Chris Sale has found his mechanics and his stuff. Devers has been a machine. Chavis a revelation. They currently have Price on the IL, Evaldi on the IL, Pedroia and Holt out on rehab, and they're 16-6 and six in their last 22. So if you hear a noise, it sounds like a freight train coming. That's either the 2019 Red Sox or there's an avalanche here at Lake Louise, and I better grab my vino and go. Either way... That's it. Josh Lewin thanking you very much for listening all the way through. The Sox now 22-19, and 19, and all is right with the world. Signing off from Canada. Have a good day, eh? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.